Well, we're on again with Dr. Travis Dorsch, and we're talking about turning your kids into commodities in teen sports and youth sports. And and this time we're going to talk a little bit about scholarships because Travis, is it true that so many so many parents, maybe even the kids also, are thinking, I'm going to end up with a Division One scholarship, and I'm going to end up becoming a professional athlete. Um, and maybe you can share some statistics so that we can start being honest about how many kids are really going to get there. Yeah, and I, maybe I'll preface the conversation by saying I never try and you know I never try and squelch a kid's dream right. um, of becoming a Division One athlete or of, of earning a college scholarship. It's a dream that that I had, um, and I, I think it's it's important for kids to have dreams that they can chase. But at the same time, I think kids and family members, right? Their parents, coaches too. They need to understand uh, the actual uh, opportunities that are out there. And really, it's it's an opportunity for about less than 2%, depending on the sport, anywhere from, from 1% to about 7%, depending on the sport, um, of high school varsity letter winners that are going to go on and, and get a scholarship to participate at the college Division One level. And, you know, even the way we define scholarship uh, is interesting today because I think many parents and a lot of athletes probably – and maybe even some coaches think that a scholarship is is sort of full grant and aid and basically covering everything that goes into college attendance. And that's not always accurate. It is for the larger sports. If you think about football, if you think about um, basketball, and I think at most universities, um, volleyball and, and some of these other bigger sports, but uh, for the other sports, sports we might call Olympic sports, usually these scholarships are parsed out uh, among many different uh, athletes. For instance, uh, I was a baseball player at, at Purdue in addition to playing football. And, and on the baseball team, I saw a lot of athletes. I had, I think, 34 teammates, so a roster of 35 individuals and maybe 11 or 12 scholarships that were there to be to be split up. So, you know, my roommate, for instance, got, got his books paid for, and, and another roommate was on uh, academic scholarships, so he, he got his, his tuition paid for, and another one had housing, right? So they're basically, they're taking these three or four players, and we're going to use one scholarship to support them all. And, you know, for the parent, when we come back to the sort of family investment side of things, uh, it's really important to understand that, you know, my child is not going to go to college for free. He or she might be able to say that they were a scholarship athlete at a Division One school, but that does not remove all of the financial burden from us as a family. So I think where that becomes important is, look, if we're, if we're chasing this sort of free ride opportunity, that doesn't always come about. Only for the very select few of that 2% that's even going get to a, get a scholarship at all. So you know, that, that shouldn't necessarily be the end game or the, or the goal of, of high school sport participation or elite you know, competitive sport participation. Yeah, I think that's really important for parents to hear. I I wish I had heard that a few years back, because I know for us, we worried from the very beginning when we had kids, like, wow, how do you afford college? What are we going to do with college? So when our kids took interest in a particular sport and the whole comp sport thing came into view, you're thinking, oh, this could be an opportunity to pay for college through the sport. But then as we started to get wiser in the system, or I'm looking at um, where my daughter played comp volleyball, and I'm looking on the wall of their scholarship athletes, and I'm looking at these schools that <laughs> yeah. were not Division One. Most of them were right. like community colleges. And I'm thinking now, last I checked, those aren't full ride scholarships, right. but they were being, that's how they were being um, advertised. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's to our previous conversation. I think parents need to stop and think about how much money are you spending on the comp experience? And then how what is the likelihood that your kid would actually get 
a full ride scholarship legitimately pay for everything? And then have you already paid for their college education? Yes. Through exactly. the comp experience. Right. Right. And and we're having this conversation kind of through obviously a privileged lens. I mean, we're, we're able in many cases, uh, middle and upper middle class families to send our kids off to college, whether they're receiving athletic money or academic money or not. Um, for others, I think this is really sort of an only way out, so to speak. Um, only way my kid's going to get to college and maybe not have to go to community college or not have to you know, work his or her own way through college. But I, I do think when we think about scholarships that, you know, again, it's not bad per se, to spend money on your kids' sports. Here, here's, here's, here's the idea. So I think one of the mistakes that you know, parents make is when they treat the spending of, of money on kids' sports as an investment, right? We can look at it so many different ways. And one of the things I think is important is to think about the money that you're spending on your kids' opportunities as like a vacation or like you're buying them clothes. I mean, these are things that you buy for the experience, right? They're, they're things that you buy because your child wants to do something. For instance, if you, if you take the family on a vacation and you go to Disneyland, right? You put that money down, you spend a couple hundred bucks to get the family in the door, you're going to drop maybe even a thousand bucks on, on airline tickets, on hotels, right? You're spending, let's say it's a five or an $8,000 vacation at the end. Well, at the end of the day, when you come home, you don't expect to bring Mickey Mouse home with you. You don't expect to bring the rides home with you. You don't expect any return on that other than the experience, right? It was maybe an enriching week for my family. And youth sports are the exact same, right? You shouldn't expect that scholarship on the back end. You shouldn't expect anything out of your child on the back end. Um, it's, it's, it's for the experience. And you hope that they learn a lot of lessons, life lessons, sport lessons. You hope they get better, of course, along the way. Uh, and if they go earn that scholarship, that's a bonus. So I think this is this is this comes back to the word commodity. Is your kid is not a commodity? It, you're you're not right, Travis. Is this what we're saying? Is you're not? So many parents are thinking that they're going to somehow financially, you know, get a return on investment in a financial way. Where I think we should be thinking just more about loving your kids and giving them the experience, and and not putting all all of your eggs in that one basket. I tell you what, I learned so many important lessons being an athlete. Some of those I learned as, as a youth, some I learned um, as a collegiate and a professional, some I learned all along the way. I lean on those every day. I lean on them in my marriage. I lean on them at work. Uh, I lean on them in everything I do. And I think those are the key aspects of sport that parents um, should be emphasizing. And ironically, it's the parents who treat it that way, I think, that see their kids go on and play in college mm. and play professionally. It's not the parent who uh, you know, really, really, really pushes uh, for that scholarship or pushes for their child to be an elite performer at age 10, 11, or 12. Um, the, those things, uh, they, they aren't necessarily correlated. So I really just, when I, when I work with parents, I really try and get across this point that, look, this is your child's experience. And yes, you need to be there to, to support them, however that looks. And however, in the conversations you've had with your child, however they want you to be there for them, you need to be there. And that means, yes, financially. And that means emotionally. And that means, uh, you know, in tangible ways like driving them to and from and getting their laundry done and all of these kind of things. But when it becomes about the parent and when the parent's identity, as you said earlier, is wrapped up in how the child performs, that's where we start to see some issues. Yeah. And to me, I think that bears repeating. I mean, as a parent, as a mom, I think that is important that if parents looked at the comp sport experience as an experience, like you said, going on vacation, my attitude when I take my kids on vacation, and we've had some great times as a family when we traveled for tournaments and things. 
But if my attitude was more about the experience, what do we get to learn? What are we experiencing through this, the good, the bad, and not the pressure of I'm trying to get you a scholarship kid, so perform and do what you need to do, and so-and-so is doing better than you, and all the things that get wrapped up into that and parents get lost in that, I think that could be huge for parents to to switch your mindset and make sure that you're thinking about this not as I'm doing all of this because you better get the scholarship or else this wasn't worth my investment, but rather we're investing in you for what your future can be with or without the sport. That's right. And it's hard. I mean, we're all, we're all humans, right? And, and I think, you know, evolutionarily speaking, we all want to see our kids achieve more than we did mm-hmm. as people, right? We want our kids to be better than us. And I think that's where you get this idea sometimes uh, of the vicarious parent. Maybe it's a dad that, you know, played in high school and didn't get a college opportunity and, and, and he wants to see his son or daughter, you know, achieve at that next level. So he's really pushing, you know, so that his child uh, can go that one step beyond what he was able to accomplish. So we all kind of have these, you know, innate instincts and desires for our kids. But it's when we it's when we externalize those, when we put those pressures on our kids, um, you know, they're smart, they're keen, they pick up on our behaviors, on our on our emotions, on our attitudes, on our even on our body language and facial expressions. So um, it's it's hard, but we have to in a way detach ourselves from the experience such that you know, it doesn't matter whether my child wins or loses or is the best player or the worst player. I'm here to support them however they want to develop, whatever they want to experience. You know, and for the kids that, that want to be elite, I mean, there's a way to be a, a great parent of an aspiring elite athlete as well. But again, it needs to be about that child's goal, not about, you know, what's in it for me as the parent. Well, that's a good place to stop this conversation. So parents, we want you to use those questions below, uh, husbands, wives, maybe even with a, with a small group of parents talking about this. And talk about this in your own world, in your own life. And then we've got one more conversation in this series on making your kids commodities. And next time, Travis, we're going to have you share a little bit of your own story because you're one of the few who did make it to the professional level in the NFL. And we're going to wrap up this series with just some real clear takeaways for parents.